1: Today's podcast is brought to you by Born Primitive Outdoor. This is the clothing that I switched to because this company has been making workout training gear since 2013. It's veteran owned and operated. They've teamed up with Aaron Snyder to design these clothing systems for out west. All their clothing is solid so you can cross over and wear it on date night and not embarrass your spouse. Uh, It's super functional and it's attention to detail and it's been Battle tested by yours truly, and I stand behind it. Use the discount code ElkShape to take twenty percent off. Head over to bornprimitiveoutdoor.com. In studio today, doing a podcast, which I just love podcasting. I wake up and I can't wait to podcast and hear my own voice. I wonder how
2: Rogan feels, man. Does he get burnt out?
1: I don't think so. He has really cool
2: guests. He has really cool guests.
1: They're always in person. Right. Any podcast in person's 10x better than one via Skype, Zoom, all those platforms that you do digitally.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Like, I, podcasts is the best excuse to get to know somebody. Totally. Like, one-on-one. Like, you and I have been hanging out for several hours today. You've gotten three seconds of my attention, right? <laughs> that is correct. But right now, you're going to get an hour of me just looking at you. That's so, a good point. Guys, Jeff Dodds, he's um, he's kind of new to the team. Started last month. If you didn't know, I mean, I keep bringing him up. Uh, he's not going anywhere. It's Jeff Dodds.
2: How's it going, guys? Um, Happy help, to be here.
1: Let's talk about January because it's now this pod drops second week in Jan. Okay? Holidays are behind us. All that nonsense. What would you think of the December Chubb Challenge? And for those that don't know what it is, listen up because you should do it next year because we're doing it every year.
2: Yeah, the December Challenge I think was a great success. I mean, your feed was absolutely blowing up the entire time, and you look like a kid on crack just on your phone, just trying to keep up with it. Um, especially in a blind when we're trying to stay quiet, it's funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, I saw a lot of people getting after it, a lot of people getting out of their comfort zones. You know, I know for me, like I sometimes don't want to post something online, you know, about me, my workouts. You know, I I just want to keep that, you know, between me because I don't want to expose weaknesses or whatever that may be. So if you guys did post those stories, shout out to you. Um, Hopefully you guys won some cool things. If not, your health is the biggest winner anyway. So good for you. Stay consistent is the key. Um, But now we're in January, you know, and we're not, we don't have a chub challenge anymore. However, there's plenty of opportunity to get that fitness in through elk shape training. Shameless plug. That
1: was shameless. Yeah, I actually like posting my workouts in hopes that people will critique them and coach me. Like, you know, where they'll reach out and say, hey, you're bending your arms a little early on your snatch pole. I really, like, I love that feedback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Same funny. with archery. Like, oh, hey. Uh, your post really loud. Yeah, you're, oh, no, no. I'm joking. Honestly, I haven't had a lot of critiques like people roll in and critique on the workout stuff or whatever. I generally post fitness based stuff via story, not a lot of real. And I only do that because of the feedback I've got where someone's like, dude, I was sitting on my ass watching my phone at nine o'clock at night and I hadn't worked out today. And I saw your 15 second story and I got off my ass and went and did something. And to me, that is why I do. That is the why.
2: That's really cool. Man. That's the
1: bottom line. Yeah, I like that a lot. And the why behind the December Chub Challenge is the six or seven emails I've gotten in the last three years. They come out of nowhere. It's like, say, it's like June. Mm-hmm. Okay. December's way behind us, right? I'm thinking about elk hunting. And I get an email, and a dude's like, hey, I just did your December Chub Challenge last year, and I just kept at it, and I'm down 100 pounds. And wow. it's like, what? That little challenge sparked this and your hundred pounds and your life and your
2: trajectory is completely changed. Dude, some people that's all they really need is a little kick in the butt, you know? And that to me just tells me that that guy already had it in its head, his head that he wanted change and he wanted that consistency and that, you know, quality of life. And, you know, that's the beauty of social media. Obviously there's a lot of negatives, but this is one positive, you know, that was the kickoff to that guy's, you know, betterment and you know all glory to god seriously
1: so that's that's why way we do it i mean it, yeah i was, full transparency it's the biggest pain in my butt the first year i did the december chub challenge a lot of people jumped in on it and one of the requirements is to prove it right so you have to like i need to proof that you broke a sweat i For need sure. proof that you got home late and it was dark out you turned the lights on your truck and shot in front of your headlights like i need proof because we're giving away we gave away a total of five bows in December this year. Shout out Cam Haynes.
2: That was insane. Three of the
1: five Cam Haynes. Yeah. I mean, that is a lot of Scooby Snack. Ten cases of Kill Cliff. Uh, $500 in total to Black Ovis, Three memberships of Mountain Archery Fest. Some GORUCK. No, actually, oh. GORUCK snubbed us. GORUCK, why are you snubbing us? So we gave away some cool stuff you need to prove. Now, some people aren't super technical. Technologically advanced with Instagram. Right. So, like, there are a lot of people that'll tag me in eight or nine stories a day when really all I need is just that one, one or two tops of what you're doing. So, that kind of my yeah, I'm literally about every 30 minutes on my phone. I don't know if this is your phone, but like, if you get 20 messages in Instagram, mine doesn't show me any more than 20 right at a time. It'll yeah. say you have 20, 20 plus, 20 plus. Yeah, so every 30 minutes, I have a new maxed out notification. And this goes on for 31 days. And I I did one day. I counted. It was like over, I want to be exact on this. It was something like 1200. I counted it. We're in the blind. I had like 1200 direct messages in one day. And most of them are the December Chub challenge. Right. And then the ones that aren't, if they're like a really like hard question to answer, I'm just like, dude, email me. Right. I'm just trying to get through these messages, but that is the only pain in the butt of it. And then obviously making the beginning video every week of what the challenge is. And then obviously making the the video at the end of the week of who won and what's the next week. That is nothing for me to do, right? For sure. It's effortless. So I think we continue to do it this year. I started reaching out to companies a couple months prior. I think each year I'm having to like, just make a few more, you know, be preemptive with it. that It's coming. Um, But yeah, it's exciting to see. And and I guess we'll do it because it does have a a huge ripple effect.
2: Yeah. And also just like December is an extremely challenging time to stay consistent with your goals. And I'm not really a big New Year's resolution guy. I think the best way to start your New Year's resolution is to start in November or December. So you're already two months ahead of the curve on your goals and where you want to be. You know, don't wait, don't put it off till January 1, January 2. Then you go to the gym and there's 2,000 people there. Start in November, start in December. And that Chub Challenge, man, it just really gets people off their butt. And, like, to me, like, dude, I was in six different states in December. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it was very easy for me to be like, ugh, well, I'm Christmas, I'm going to my in-laws, you know, they're having their, you know, pancake breakfast. But, you know, I, I stayed consistent because of... All of the motivation that i saw people you know sending direct messages to us staying after it being consistent
1: yeah it's it's really consistency is the only thing that i can like drive it down to like that's the denominator like that's what it boils down to it's yes not like how amazing a workout it's usually the days you do not feel like doing it and you make yourself and you kind of get warmed up and you're like this was me yesterday I'd he mm-hmm. was Day four in a row, and I was kind of, like, achy and grumpy. Grumpier than normal. Sure. You know, I'm always grumpy, but, like, grumpier than normal. And I got – after the warm-up and after the first couple sets, I found a groove, and I had, like, one of the best training sessions I've had in a long time. That's sweet. Moved the most weight efficiently and had a great conditioning workout, and I was like, I almost took today off, you know?
2: And I think this is good to talk about just because that's real life. Like, you know, yes, we – are in the fitness space. Yes, we're in that, you know, hunting space. But still, like, dude, we got stuff to do. We got, you know, deadlines to hit. We got goals to achieve. And, you know, that's just like anyone. You know, everyone comes home from work, you know, before they leave work, they don't want to do something. And it's up to us to find that bandwidth to actually obtain what we don't want to do day after day after day. If
1: I had a normal job like I used to, Mm -hmm. so I think people, the reason I say it like that is I do see a lot of... Uh, must be nice to have a job where you like, you know, don't, not a real job. Sure. This, and I treat elk shape like a real job, yeah. obviously. Um, but to in their defense, they're right. Like I do have the autonomy to choose a lot of things as mm-hmm. far as like when I shoot my bow, and when I work out. But previously I did not have a choice. So I would train before I started my day. And so that would mean like four or 5 a.m. workout bouts because I owned a in gym there. and I usually opened the gym. Yeah. And I'd have open gym times set early so that I could open the door, do my thing, and people come and work out, and then start that first 5:30 a.m. class. Did that for years. Uh, when I was a firefighter, I could work out on shift. Right. So once we did the morning, you know, meetings and check the check the engine, check our equipment, and brief, and then it was a break. Like I didn't go watch TV. I went and got my workout out of the way. Right. You know, and most of the times I did, we didn't get a call during that workout bout, which was nice. Win the day. So I think for most people, they're going to need to do it in the morning because there is no dentist appointment at 5 a.m. There's no kids' soccer practice at 5.30 a.m. There's no boss wants you to stay late because it's 5. So I think you have to win the day. If you have like this crazy busy life, which I know you all do, most of you probably just going to have to do it in the morning.
2: Yeah, and also I actually saw this uh, cool um, thing on Instagram where a guy was promoting short – um burst like three times a day you know like a a 15 minute session three times a day or a 10 minute session you know four or five times a day just cranking out some push-ups cranking out some air squats and then go back to your shift or go back to your you know um your your day job whatever that may be and i was thinking about that i'm like wow you know That's
1: yes like an endocrine response you're gonna like bolster your hormone your dopamine release and like also like yeah you're
2: gonna you're not gonna get bogged down and need that t- you know cu- that next cup of coffee right you're gonna have that boost of energy and I, I was thinking about that I'm like wow that's actually a pretty sweet insight to thing you know obviously the practicality of it's a little challenging because you might get sweaty and then you have to go right back into your you know job you might wear a suit or whatever that may be but um anyway just we're trying to help you guys out stay consistent and uh, figure out a way to get the job done on a daily basis.
1: I think that we wanted to talk about the Texas hunt, and maybe we will, but I kind of want to p- push that back and stick with this. Like, it is at the forefront of a lot of people's mind change. Like, they've reflected, hopefully. I think reflection is a big part of setting up a new year is like looking back. Not a huge fan of looking in the re- rearview mirror personally, but looking back will offer hindsight, and hindsight will let you know, like, where you were happy with certain things. And then obviously, maybe where you fell short on a few things right. and then you can look and like, I kind of want to change that. Okay. I want to change that. How, what's the goal? Okay. That's the goal. Okay. Let's break that down into the small steps that lead to the big goal. So for a lot of people, we, I just don't want to brush you over goal setting one-on-one. So right. just, yeah, there's tons of information out there. I've done many fitness consults in my life. I will just say, whatever it is, your goal, the whole smart acronym, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant timeline. I'm going to go over that briefly. Sure. For those that have never heard it, cause it is powerful, but I'm also, taking notes over here. I want people to know that like you set that big, big goal. It's going, you're going to fail if you don't break that into small chunks that lead to the big goal. And I'll give you guys an example here in a second, but let's go over the smart acronym. Specific is obviously, I don't want to hear you say, I want to get in better shape. That is not specific. I would like numbers that are repeatable, measurable, i.e., I would like to shrink. I never say the word lose. I hate the word. I would like to shrink twenty pounds of fat cells. I would like to maintain all my lean body mass while I do that. And I don't want to give anything up on my metabolism. Because when you lose muscle, you lose metabolism. And we as men, especially as we age, I'm forty-two, it's a down it's an it's an uphill battle to keep every ounce of muscle on your body that you've earned. Yep. So specific is very detailed goal yeah you cannot be vague
2: make it as niche as you possibly can yeah that is absolutely key i have been guilty of that oh i want to you know kill more elk this year okay did you what how many did
1: you kill last year zero and you want to kill so if you killed one you definitely killed more up <laughs> right. you, know? you know but exactly. i would like to kill a white-tailed deer i would like to kill Un-elk, cow or bull or spike. In this
2: area, in, in this, this drainage. In,
1: you know, yeah. whatever. But measurable is the next one. And, and to me, it's like a numbers game. Like, I want to measure the body fat. The body... Like, a BMI is not... A body mass index is a lie. Right. So, a BMI is basically this UK system where they came up where you take your height and your weight and there's enough... I don't want you guys to look into BMI, but if your doctor says your BMI is bad and you're like me and you're five foot six and three quarters at 155 pounds at less than 10% body fat, the BMI doesn't mean shit to me. Right. Okay. But what does mean is like a DEXA scan or an in body scan where I can look at what is my fat and of my fat on my body, how much of it is visceral. That's right. the fat that surrounds the organs. How much is subcutaneous? for most of us, guys, we store it right around our waist. We don't store hardly any fat in our legs or arms. It's just, sure. You know, most guys it's the spare tire. So we want to know, like, what is our fat body comprised of? Lean body mass, fat mass, what kind of fat? What's our body fat percentage? And then also fitness baseline testing too. Like, it'd be cool if you guys could come up with a baseline workout that you do at the beginning of the year. And I'll give you an example before we head to the next letter, which is A for attainable, is I had the last week people, the December Chub Challenge, do the work, hero workout. Chad Wilkinson, it's called Chad. It's a thousand step ups for time on a 20 inch box with a 45 pound pack or weight vest or barbell, whatever, but it needs to be 45 pounds on your body. And you step up, step down. Every time you step up is a rep, it's not, it's every step up counts. Have you ever done that workout under 60 minutes?
2: Uh, I have not.
1: That surprises me. Okay. So that is like a good litmus test for those that live anywhere in the world, let alone people on the East coast or Midwest is like, I think you should be able to do Chad at or under one hour. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, I've done it many times. I think my best times somewhere in the forties is like, it's literally zero breaks. Like if you're going to go sub 60 for most people and the longer the legs, the better, Right. um, legs aren't long. It's not, (laughs) it's unbroken. And so you have to pick a pace in the beginning while you're feeling all great that you can sustain over that effort. So if I were to walk outside right now and do Chad, I could go sub 60, but I would, in order to do that, I would have to pick a pace that I would never stop. Yeah. And then you need a system to count. I usually use poker chips. Oh my gosh. And I just yeah. throw a chip off every time I do a hundred. Makes sense. Um, but do the workout Chad and maybe just do a 60 minute clock. And stop the clock and stop the workout at 60 minutes. If you're at 700 reps, write that down. That's your baseline. And your goal is to be at 1,000 by the time 60 minutes is there. Yeah. You can scale it. Or, or you do half chat. Do a half chat yeah. of 500. And, and maybe you even set a 60-minute time cap for yourself right. so you can walk the next day. But measurable is not only body composition. It's not only fitness, but it could be in your finances. You know, we over-withdraw our account every month. That's immeasurable. We need to figure out. We have zero dollars in savings. We have X amount of dollars in credit card debt. Right. Um. We just got a notification that our mortgage interest, our mortgage just got purchased, or our mortgage rate changed, or, you know, all those things can surprise you if you're not like keeping a pulse on it. So if you don't right. measure it, you can't manage it. If you can't manage it, you don't care about it.
2: Yeah, and also something really big on that note is. Like, look at your calendar. How many times per week do you want to be in the gym? How many times per week do you want to not drink? Uh, or, you know, not have a dessert? Or, like, I, I'm i a snacker. Like, I'm a bad snacker. I, I try to, you know, three to four times a week cut back on all snacks, just having three full meals a day. Um, and you know i look back on it and i'm like sweet i did that 3 or 4 times this week and that's a measurable that's really obtainable and it's honestly tracking that types of measurements is very good for looking back of where you've come from you know when you look back at it and you're like oh wow i might have not i'm not maybe i'm not where i want to be but look at where i started you know i was drinking you know twice a day now i'm only drinking Two to three times a week, maybe. I don't know what your, you know, your everyone's struggles are, but still, like, you get to measure that progress, and I think that is key when it comes to the 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 tough times when you want to quit on your goals or your, you know, motivation or whatever that may be.
1: Well, I think that's a good segue. in for a attainable means that this this is a goal that you could potentially uh obtain right. versus just shooting for the moon it's it's got a degree of challenge but it's also got a degree of like this is within my means i didn't set myself up for failure which could be a yo-yo route for being worse than when you started so yeah if it is like i'll just pick on fat loss if it is like hey i want to lose a hundred pounds before between now and september That's not really attainable. And if you could attain it, I guarantee you won't sustain it and you won't feel well. So you have to kind of know, set parameters for attainability being something that you'll actually accomplish if you do everything right. Now, relevant and obtainable are kind of blurred together. But in a sense that relevant means that these goals are in alignment with kind of what you see for yourself in the future. You know, if you're like, I want to do an Ironman Because I want to complete an Ironman, but I also want to kill five elk in 2023. I don't know how you're going to serve two masters. You know what I mean? Like all that time on a bike and in the pool and on the road, when are you going to have time to e-scout and shoot your equipment and do elk tag allocation and... Boots on the ground, scout like so. You don't want to serve too many masters. That's what I think about when I hear the word relevant. Is it's got to be relevant to what you're really like. Basically, distill it down to what do you really want to accomplish the most. Yep. And prioritize it. Timeline is everything, and that's our segue. And that's the last one is like, how do you set a timeline? Because you you need a deadline for goals, right? And a goal should never be a secret. Right. It should be something that your trustworthy circle peers have you've advertised to them if i had a goal and didn't share it with you jeff who i work with five to seven days a week with that's a secret yeah and you're gonna be like well dude why are you eating crushing those leftover cookies right now you told me your goal was this so like iron sharpens iron totally make sure you're sharing your goal but let's do like the timeline breakdown so let's do some math let's sure. say my goal is right now between now and september 1st about nine months mm-hmm. how many weeks is that four times nine is 36 weeks okay How many hours are in a week, 168 hours in the week, 168 times 36 weeks. is just over 6,000 hours. I have until my goal, my deadline. Sure. Okay. So let's, let's break that down into what do I need to do? What do I need to have accomplished once a month for the next nine months in incremental order so that I'm on the path the entire time and I'm accounting for life to get in the way. Yep. Like Mrs. Elkshape is down for the count today. She was going to be on this pod. She's had the flu for the last five days. You got to account for shit like that happening. Like you're going to get the flu. You're going to get sick. You're going to have like the only thing you can count on is bad things and being alive. Like things are life is going to happen. Right. Okay. So account for those plateaus are going to happen. Where you're busting your butt. You're eating clean, but you're giving your body the same instructions and it's adapted. That's all your body does. And now you can't bust through this plateau. And then you stay on your grind, you make a couple small tweaks, and then two weeks later, you lose like eight pounds in a week. And you're like, well, dang. Like that, mo- like it swings a little bit. Yep. Count for that. So back to our nine months, 36 weeks. Let's have a check in every four weeks. Right. Let's not weigh ourselves every day. Let's not get a DEXA scan every day. Let's not check our blood pressure or total cholesterol, get our blood labs done every day. But we could do it once a month. Now, you could break the months down into smaller goals, which I highly encourage of this is the weekly goal. I wanna get this many steps in a day. I wanna have this many workouts this week. I wanna have this many encounters with my bow. I wanna spend this much time e-scouting. I wanna spend this much time researching tag allocation. I wanna have a daddy-daughter date on at least once a week. I want to take my wife out. You break those down and then you take that weekly goal and you break that down into the daily goal. Yep. And now my daily goal is like, dude, I got to get 10,000 steps in a day no matter what. If it's 830 at night and I'm at 8,000 steps, then I'm not going to sit and watch Netflix. I'm going to go take the dog for a walk in the dark with a headlamp and get to my goal. That's going to lead to the big goal. Or, oh man, I ate like crap today. I, I didn't meal prep. It's nine o'clock at night. If tomorrow is going to be another failure, if I don't meal prep right now, fire up the barbecue, get the chicken breasts on the grill, get the elk steaks on the grill and get to work. Or I text Jeff and be like, Jeff, I'm sorry I missed you today. Um, Let's train at 5 a.m. tomorrow. Let's go. And then now you're counting on me and I'm counting on you to be there. Right. So we talked about goal setting overview. The acronym is SMART, which stands for Specific, Measurable, Obtainable relevant and timeline and we talked about setting the big goals and then setting the small goals along the way breaking it down into a daily weekly and
2: monthly and i think i mean the more and more obtainable each of these things are if you really can break it down to a daily routine it just makes things more practical more day-to-day more obtainable you know when you look at a thing like oh wow i need to work out you know 30 hours a week that's I mean, that's intimidating to some people, right? But if you say, okay, I can get a 30 minute, you know, session here, maybe an hour and a half session tomorrow, you know, okay, Johnny has a dentist appointment here, I'll go, you know, to the YMCA before then, then pick him up from school, like, the better we can just put that into our daily routine around life the better we can stay consistent. And I love that. I've never heard smart before, so thank you for sharing that. I'm gonna steal that. Definitely, Um, I
1: stole it from somebody, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, The thing about advertising your goals is like that can't get overlooked, man. Like if you don't know what I'm setting out to do, right. They're, they're, I'm not letting anyone down and I think the more people that you potentially let down builds a positive pressure not a negative pressure but a positive that's my perception is that kind of pressure is positive not a lot of people do well with pressure Jeff
2: yeah and also we were built for community we were built you know iron sharpens iron we need that camaraderie in our life um, if you don't have a training partner a hunting partner or a accountability partner like find one obviously they're hard to come by you know people are you know, a good friendship is hard to come by, but if you have that, protect it, you know, shoot your bow together, put some pressure on each other, make a friendly bet, you know, challenge each other. Hey, how many, you know, air squats can we do in a week? How many miles can we run in a week together? You know, always be raising the bar in, um, for the betterment of your guys's sustainability and your longevity of your elk hunting career and just your life in general. I couldn't, tell you enough, like, you know, just being here at Elkshape, the, you know, I don't know, what has it been almost a little less than a month now, just the environment that I'm surrounding myself with Mrs. Elkshave with Dan, you know, with the people around this brand, people are go getters, you know, they're high achievers, they're pushing the needle. And that's contagious. You know, that makes me want to go even deeper than I already am. So find those people, find that community, get after it.
1: Yeah, I like that, man. You said finding a hunting partner is really difficult. I think it's up there with finding a spouse.
2: Dude, straight up. Yes. So
1: I don't want to go on a side tangent too long, but I want to address this because it has to do with fitness. I've done 25 elk-shaped camps in five years, and there's been an average of 30 attendees. Uh, the most we ever had was 50. I've had a lot of interactions with a lot of would-be new elk hunters, seasoned and veteran that asked the same question about finding a hunting partner. And Mm. here's my take on it. I want yours. I think it is hard. I've gone through hunting partners. Okay. My favorite person to hunt with is my dad by far, but dude, he is 67 years young. Okay. There's a huge difference between 42 and 67. Now, 15 years ago, dude, we were the dynamic duo. Okay. And, um, He's my best friend, but my point of that is at one point in my life, I like he would wear out even back then. And the second he would wear out, he would take the next day off. I would go out by myself and I punch my tag (laughs) and I would do that several years in a row. And then it dawned on me. I am pretty much better at hunting by myself. I make faster decisions. I don't have a curfew. To where someone's counting on me being somewhere at a truck or trailhead or back at base camp and they'll be worried. So, i.e. it's 7.30 at night and I'm just running out of daylight. I don't have to go back to my truck. I can go check this other basin real quick. Yeah, I can't hunt it, but I can sound check it. Hmm. Oh, shit. There's three bulls over there. I know where I'm going to be tomorrow morning. I would have never known that if someone had been waiting for me the other thing and I love my dad I'm not trying to sell you out dad I love you but he, he would admit this he does not like the dark like my dad pulls the plug when like the sun sets and there's 30 minutes of daylight he is hunting his way out and he's already feeling late
2: I love that like I'm just gonna hunt my way back to the truck That dude
1: that's a classic I just wanna <laughs> yeah. you know for those that have killed doing that, God bless you. i would never been one of them. So I learned a long time ago to hunt till I run out of legal light and then figure out my life from there. Sometimes it's working my way back, and sometimes it's doing a night bugling session because I need to know what to hunt the next day. My point of all that was I learned that hunting solo was more successful for me. And it's awesome until you kill an elk and then hunting solo sucks. <laughs> right, yeah. But um, I've had some good hunting partners like um, the former guy, Jake Webb was my main camera guy and you know, he was a great camera guy slash hunting partner because I just never saw him get down when he should. I could never saw him be negative. I've seen everything bad happen to him from, his bow breaking multiple times in different situations, him falling on his dirt bike and breaking damn near his shoulder. I've seen him have his bike vandalized by other public land hunters. I don't know why. Um, he's been there with me. We've been kicked off public land by, you know, somebody flexing that pretended to be a security guard. That's on YouTube, by the way, it's our most watched YouTube video. I've seen him get in trouble with game warden for riding his dirt bike illegally. And that day he, he felt pretty bad, right? But he's able to pick himself up, bounce back at time after time. And I really like respected that about him. I don't think he was the world's greatest elk hunter. And that didn't even matter to me. Mm-hmm. It was his attitude, I guess is what I'm saying. And the other thing was, he's a really good woodsman. Like he was the kind of guy who, um, like one night I went after a bull and stuck this bull and I didn't have any way to communicate him. All he did was he started a fire and sat down and waited for me to come back with my hands bloody at one in the morning and just sit there waiting. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. You are the greatest elk hunting partner ever. Like, but he waited for me. So I brag on him because I just really think he exemplified some of the key marquee, like the marquee things you look for in a hunting partner. And it comes down to their effort and their attitude. And it did help that he was one of the best woodsmen. Like he always had, he was MacGyver. He had everything that he needed. And then some, his pack always weighed 10 more pounds than mine, no matter what. (laughs) And I really really like that. Conversely, I've had other hunting partners where like, they get lonely. Yeah. And they need to like make up an excuse to get home, you know, or to go call their wife or the hunting sucks and the rain it won't stop and they're like I'm going to come back in a week or whatever. Like they're they're anything and everything the the little cuts along the way build up to where they end up, they they throw the towel in. They always have that magnet back to the truck. Exactly. Yeah. And so to me that's not a hunting partner I'm looking for. So what am I saying? I'm saying the best way to find a good hunting partner is to start with fitness. Is this person willing to meet you at a mutually agreed time? And this timestamp needs to be gross, like four 30 or five 30 in the morning at said gym. And I want to train with you four days this week, Jeff. I want to go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and I'm going to text you that. And that's it. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to send you a reminder. I want to see you at the gym. And if I get a text from you on Tuesday that you're not going to make it and it's 9.30 at night and I'm already in bed, I know that you and I are probably not going to be great hunting partners because that whatever excuse came up, you're not there. So your actions, it could be the same with bows. Like I want to shoot at the archery range Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. It's a reoccurring appointment in your calendar. Don't text me. Just show up. What do you know? Jeff's here every freaking Wednesday at 8 o'clock. To get a few Ready reps in, so I think finding a good hunting partner can start with the bow, or start with the fitness, or something like that. Yeah, to I mean,
2: prove. Obviously, you need to know them prior to hunting season in some capacity. If you work together, if your neighbors, you know, if your gym partners, whatever that may be, I think you already have a decent idea before you get to the trailhead of how they're going to do, or you wouldn't even have invited them to come hunting with you in the first place. Yeah. I, I, mean, in my opinion, I think it just it it's a good relationship is made or broken while hunting, Let's, because very few times in this world are you actually maxed to the capacity that you are when L, you know public land hunting.
1: You're just under duress
2: the Correct. entire time, and you. You you just need to find some optimism in 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 the reality. If you're just not seeing animals, you're not seeing fresh sign, you know whatever it may be. Your mountain bike breaks, or your dirt bike, um, your truck breaks down. You're out of gas. You know I had a, a d bag siphon all of the gas out of my truck. When I get, uh, this was a few years back in Colorado. Were you guiding or hunting? No, I was you know hunting, and. Um,
0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. You know, we get to back at the truck. I'm on E, and we're multiple miles back to where we need to be. I'm like, dude, I have no idea if my truck's going to get back. And that... To like a control freak or like you know someone that would go into full on panic mode like yeah. how are we gonna do this that the other thing, um, thankfully, you know I had gas you know I was prepared think you know things like that but you know what if we didn't and then we would have had to scramble and things like that but, you know, <laughs> I still. This is pretty much me talking to Dan here. I still want this segment called Public Land Shit Shows on this podcast where you guys send in your best public land disasters and we talk about it on this podcast. I think it would be hilarious. So, are you advertising your goals? I, I am. I
1: like it. <laughs> Honestly, Jeff, I stand behind you and the listeners. We're going to figure out a way to do a call in where you guys are part of the show because I do want to hear your public land shit show stories. <laughs> they are the best, and I seem to get multiple every year. Yep. To the point where I'm callous to it. I'm actually expecting it. I'm expecting to leave my wallet on top of a gas station for a week. I'm expecting my dad to get thrown off a horse and break his bow. I'm expecting, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, in Colorado, yes, on that hunt that you got your gas siphoned. Yes.
2: Who were you with? That trip I was with the Mayhem Crew.
1: Okay, so Froning and friends. Yes. Okay, let's use them as an example. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to talk about how to filter out hunting partners even though this is not the objection of like, this is just the rabbit hole we're going down right now. Sure. You, you've hunted with Richard. Um, rich is getting into bow hunting pretty hard. Love it. Let's say rich is like, let's go on a hunt. I'm like, yes, you, me frowning. We're going out hunting. Okay. All right.
2: We will run each, all three of us into the absolute dirt.
1: So I understand all three of us have decent fitness levels, rich being at the top. All right. (laughs) So as you're, Most seasoned elk hunter of the three, I'm going to take the quarterback position, but I'm not going to be the guy that some of you do where you like have hunting partners, but you do all the work. I don't feel sorry for you. The, how I'm going to see your guys's level commitment is I'm going to, we're going to have a group thread text. Okay. No one's got time to talk on the phone. And I'm going to say, Jeff, I need you to come up with a gear list for all of us. And your gear list is going to have some things that we all have the same and some things that are unique that if that's not in somebody's pack, we're screwed because we're backpack elk hunting. Okay. So Froning's going to take, you'll like put a list out, say Froning. We'll make his pack heavier. We're going to have him carry the peak solitude. That's going to be our shelter. And you're going to carry the steaks and I'm going to carry the cookware. You're going to carry the gas. So like, we're not all going to have butane gas, white gas. I'm carrying the gas. We're all going to carry our own food, but we're going to break up some of the stuff that we can share in our spike camp. Okay, so you're in charge of that. I delegate that to you. That is it. If that's your job, I'm expecting you to do it. And we need time to buy some of this gear, so you're going to have to make sure that this list gets to us in a decent time. Froning, I'm going to have you do some e-scouting, but what I'm going to have you do is I want you to send me an P- like OnX folder full of waypoints of every major trailhead and every major campground. I basically want to know where all the bottlenecks are in the said unit we're going to. That's his homework. I need him to complete that. And then my homework would be once I get those two from you guys, I'm going to audit your list, see if I, you missed anything, and I'm going to take Rich's folder, drop it on my desktop on X, and then I'm going to start creating radiuses around those waypoints that are two miles where most guys can go. And I'm going to divide and conquer. And we're going to look back at that map from a bird's eye view and see where are these out going to go when they get pressured when these, these first hotspot two-mile areas. We just worked as a team. We've never even hunted together. But if Rich never sends the folder and you never send the list, red flags are going up. Sure. So I'm just saying this now, early in the year, if you want to hunt with a squad that's unproven, start, get a quarterback, delegate some work. But not one guy should do everything. You know what I mean? Or, hey, Jeff, I want you and Rich to send me a video once a month of a calf call, a cow call, a location bugle and a challenge bugle and put it on the group thread. And if we're like one month out, I haven't seen anything from you. And Rich has been sending me stuff weekly and he's getting better and better. I'm going to start to get tell you that, man, like you're not going to be shooter Like You don't get to be a shooter. You didn't put the work in. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that would have been nice to do. Um, We didn't do any of that. So, lessons learned. We'll get better.
1: Hey, man, I'm just offering you some ideas. These aren't proven. I'm just saying this is like some of the stuff that goes through my mind because I think you're only as good as the circle you surround yourself with. So, if you hunt with a bunch of half-assers, September is just too finite. There's only so many Septembers in our life. And then if there's only so many days and hours that you can actually hunt elk to sit around and look at maps or try to get cell service and figure out a new hunt plan for the next day, dude, that could have been handled in your underwear, in your office, scouting mm-hmm. at home. Right. So controlling the reps, it's funny that we get down this rabbit hole, but I think it's relevant to who you surround yourself with when it comes to fitness. I'm notoriously work out either by myself. Or with this or with Mrs. Elk Shape when I want to be humbled. And now I'm working out with you as well. It's been nice.
2: I'm working out with you. I wouldn't say you're working out with me.
1: It's been nice, dude. There are certain things that I know that come up that you're gonna give me a serious run for my money or or just squash me. And I love that. And vice versa. Yeah. But yeah. I love looking out the corner of my eye and seeing that because I know I'm suffering right now, but I look over there and you're suffering too. Yeah. And you're still going. And that motivates me. For sure. And you didn't even say a single word to me. Right.
2: And that's, I mean, that happens so much when we're actually out there hunting. You know, like we're just in a a pack out or a suffer fest. We took a chance. We went, you know, two ridges across. This, you know, bull winded us at 100 yards. We have the worst walk of shame back to the truck. And honestly, those are like, in my opinion, the most joyful times. (laughs) Of just like, wow, what a mess we just made ourselves. But... Yeah, I mean, it would be a thousand times worse if you didn't have that hunting partner right there by your side doing the same exact walk of shame.
1: Mm, I love it. Well, let's get into a little bit of what we're doing for our fitness for 2024. Kind of what our, like just, let's just show our cards. What are, we, what are our goals? What are our weaknesses? And I think when I think of weaknesses, guys, I, I kind of program my goals around them. If I'm already doing something that's my strength, I want to address it enough to where it stays the strength, but I certainly don't want to avoid weakness work, which is where the results are at. Who likes signing up for weakness work, man? No one. I think you see me on Instagram a lot on the Assault Bike and Rower. Uh, Not a lot of running because I don't feel like running is a huge weakness unless I'm running with Cameron Haynes. (laughs) Other than that, I feel like I'm pretty good at running, but I'm terrible at those short, sprinty, power output type you know, a good example would be like packing out that boy I killed in Idaho with Tyler who's 225 and he's six. How tall is Tyler? Dude,
2: like, I don't know. I'm guessing 6'2", six 6'3". Six
1: yeah, I want to say 6'3", 230 and yeah. not fat and right. a firefighter captain and a blue collar dude who grew up poor down the road from me. Love this guy, right? And he's like, I'm not hunting today. You killed a bull. I'm going to help you get it out. And I was like... I don't want your help. There's two days left on the season. He's like, I'm, you will not change my mind. I was like, all right. We hike to the bull. I barely broke a sweat getting to the bull. The bull was probably 2,500 vertical, literally in an avalanche chute, in a place where most elk wouldn't be. I just think they were pressured, and that's where they were, and that's where I killed this bull. So I get there, and Tyler's in a t-shirt. It's completely soaked. The sweat has soaked through the Kufaru pack frame, and I'm in a, literally, I'm in a lightweight puffy from Born Primitive not even sweating boom i kicked his ass getting to that bull then we cut up the bull and we're like we're one tripping this thing out that means half for you half for me and i killed it so i got to carry the rack out that's the only respectable thing to do tyler hung out with me for a little bit but then he got annoyed with how much I, i would any downfall i'd be like okay i'm sitting down and i literally my hips and my back and it's hard to remember the pain of the pack out right like we all forget about the pain yeah But if I go back, I was really hurting and it was all joint, hip, back. My legs were dying and Tyler got back to the truck an hour ahead of me on the way. And it was only probably two and a half, two and a half mile hike, 2,500 vertical feet. That dude shined. He shines in the power output. You put him on a bike. Good luck trying to keep up with him on max cows on a bike in a minute, in two minutes, in five minutes. He did that rogue challenge last year on the fifty cals for time on the road oh, echo. Yeah. No. And I can't remember his score, but it was top. The dude's got power output. You know, you put like a heavy clean and jerk, 30, like a heavy grace clean mm-hmm. and jerk, 30 reps, 185, dude, he'll beat me by half the time. You know what I mean? So the dude's got power. Now we do endurance based workouts or long term Metcons, and that's where I would shine. So long winded, but really what I'm saying is I don't need to spend a lot of time working on my strains. I need to focus on the stuff I'm not good at. That's a heavy ruck. That's power output. That's strength. Those are the kind of the. That's why you see me doing those things. Those are the things that are glaring. Flip it to you. What's glaring?
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely am similar to Tyler. Thank you. you. And I, I'm a bigger guy. Um, not that big, but you know, I'm not skinny by any means. You ain't skinny, means. son. Uh, I'm definitely strong. Thick. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm strong. I got strong legs, but yeah, that I struggle getting, controlling my heart rate, you know, once it's gone, um, it's gone. Like you, know, I, like you go over the red line, there's no coming back. Correct. Gotcha. Yep. Um, so that's
1: kind of like that threshold training. Yeah. Threshold need to be.
2: for sure. I needed, you know, maybe some more zone two stuff. I have a hundred mile bike race coming up in August, Leadville 100. So I have to grow an engine for that. Yeah, you do. Um, That's awesome. I've done a few bike races. but This is by far the biggest one. Um, So thankfully, I will have a lot of time dedicated to build my engine, my long distance capacity. Um, I definitely um, could lose some weight. You know, I am trying to get down to around 185 is kind of like where I like to be. You know I. Dan always gives me crap. I think um, I, we have to get an official weigh-in, but I, I'm guessing I'm around 205, 210, 195, somewhere in did there. What did
1: Alicia say you weighed? And she's like insanely good at guessing people's weights. I think,
2: I think she was like, I don't know, 220,
1: 225? No, I think she said 214 or something. I remember a 14, yeah, something like that. Because you said you weighed 195 to her.
2: I said 195 to 205.
1: And she said you weighed 214. And I'm like, well, and my wife's pretty blunt, obviously, (laughs) but, uh, who, honestly, who cares what you weigh as long as you have a purpose for every pound on your body, write that down listeners. I don't care what your body composition is. As long as you have a purpose for every pound on your body and that you have mitigated the majority of your weaknesses through your training, through your nutrition and your rest restoration recovery end of podcast
2: you know what I mean yeah and I think another thing is too with my you know I definitely want to lose weight but I want to do it sustainably mm-hmm. and I want to do it practically um, I'm not just going to starve myself for a month and drop 30 pounds yeah so you would need to get measurements correct Like
1: you need to go down to Spokane Valley CrossFit right. my old gym and they have I bought a in body when I mm-hmm. owned it and they still have it and that to me is one of the best ways to like get a baseline totally and then the cool thing is you can buy a package where you can come back and get it like once a quarter or once a month and see, are you holding on to your lean body mass? Are you shrinking fat cells? What's your body fat percent? How's your visceral fat levels? Things that are important. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to advertise is that I have a podcast scheduled for February 5th. I don't know when this one's coming out, but it's about a month out. And I'm sitting down with a guy named Dr. Gillette. And he does, I think it's Lab Corp or whatever, but I went and got all my blood panels. And they took like seven or eight little vials of blood for me. And then they ran the numbers and then he called me and we did a video consult of all my numbers. So like I was fresh on all this information and I told him, I was like, Hey man, let's have my wife do this blood, her blood work. And then let's go over both our blood work on the podcast. I don't care. And show people where I'm, where are my deficits from my nutrition and that I'm looking forward to that podcast, Jeff. But the reason why I bring it up, man, and you've been around me now for a month, like a lot. So you understand, I eat very clean yeah you do i take a gaggle of wilderness athlete supplements to backfill my nutrition which one do you take daily do we have time for this (laughs) i take a daily multi three times a day it's one of those that you take three times a day based on the delivery system it i take fish oil which is omega-3 mainly three times a day i take a joint support which is glucosamine sulfate chondroitin i take a branch chain amino acid And creatine HMB post-workout. I use their daily strength vanilla in my smoothie that I have every day. I take a lot of that. And I drink some Wilderness Athletes, um, hydrate and recover periodically. I really like Like that one. Every day I have a scoop of that. So I know a lot of people don't do what I just said. Yeah. And I still had a few, not major, but a couple shortcomings on some things in my blood work that I was surprised about. And I'm thinking, if I didn't take those supplements and eat clean... I mean, I would be at, I would be at a significant disadvantage. And so I'm going to do that podcast so that people, and I told him, I said, here's the deal. If I have you on my podcast, you have to have a call to action and a discount for my audience. Cause this guy lives in Kansas and I, I was able to send all my blood work in and he can access it from Kansas and do the consult. So when that comes in guys, that'll be in early February. You're going to go get your blood work done, especially if you're at my age or older. So over 40 and you're going to measure and know what's going on in your blood work. You're, he's going to go over my total cholesterol, HDL, LDL, my free testosterone. You know what I mean? Like my total, I think my 500 was my testosterone level. And he was like, that's fine. I mean, it could be higher. It could be lower. My IGFs were off the hizzy. I had a high IGF, which I thought was good. Um, but I'll, I'll tease that now. That's coming soon, Jeff. We got to get you your blood work done too. Yeah. everyone should get their blood work done. Let's see what the oil is looking like under the hood, you know, and what's in the oil. But my point of all that is like you need to measure all these things. So you need to get an in-body scan. I'm talking to you right now. Like that, right. go get that done ASAP, and then you can set your big goal and your small goals for body composition. But if you hang out with me long enough and you eat clean and you work out, you are going to be shredded. You yeah, are going mean, to be and that
2: that's, that's what I was trying to talk to you beforehand of like, I want to do it sustainably. It's not like I'm hopping on a scale every day. I know for a fact, if I eat clean, and I work out practically some type of fitness once a day, I'm going to get there like like it's the proof is in the pudding. If I eat clean, and I work out every single day, I don't see any limit in my fitness journey whatsoever. You know I might not get there as aggressively or as fast as I relatively would if I you know get that did that scanning and have had all of those things written down. That's why I need to do that, but you know guys, if you don't want to get all of these things done, here's the simple game plan. Eat clean, break a sweat every day. You will be surprised of how better your life will be if that is the case
1: yeah well said the journey though is really what it's about right not this destination it's the journey of how do we create the best version of jeff dodds who has the most awesome dopamine releases in good ways low stress high capacity high energy amazing husband incredible father incredible storyteller for elk shape and inspirational like that's what we want for you right that's what we want for everyone um we've created when jeff came on board part of the deal was like hey i want to elevate the discomfort app and jeff's like that's cool let's start with the name it sucks because nobody knows what discomfort app is but everyone knows what elk shape is that's in following you let's call it elk shape training and that took about one second and i was like yep so we changed the name of our training app to Elk Shape Training. When I say app, there is an asterisk. We are using a third party called EverFit. It's the best we could do because building an app from scratch is something we would need to get investors for. And I don't feel like having anybody strings attached to me on this fitness app. So we went through a third party EverFit. We do have a request to change the name to Elk Shape Training and it will be changed when their next update comes out. But for now, you will go to Elk Shape Training. It's on my website. And if you want to get started, you have to go through the website first and you'll sign up and then it'll give you a prompt to download the EverFit app and you are in. And we have two tracks that we are covering. There may be more down the road, but at our capacity right now, I'm looking at this giant whiteboard of things to do. It's not looking good. We've decided to create two paths. I'll talk about the one I follow and write for, and I want Jeff to talk about the one he follows and writes for. The first one is the Limitless Track. Jeff came up with the name because he heard—I think you he heard me say it—in uh, somewhere where I like my version of elk hunting fitness is limitless, meaning there's no ridge too far, no bugle too distant that I'm not going to go inspect and check out because I don't think I can get there in time, or I will hate to walk back forever in the dark. So that Limitless Fitness is basically. Produced or yielded more elk encounters. Bottom line. I'm just talking bottom lines. So that's what we named it. The B Limitless Track. Which is I have access to a gym. The gym has rowers or bikes or ski ergs or something that's monostructural. Everything
2: under the sun you have.
1: It has barbells and dumbbells and kettlebells. Okay, cool. That is for you. And that is the track. And we do seasonality in that programming. And I will be brief. We start with the density rebuilding phase when i come out of the woods in september i am depleted i literally am like probably three four percent body fat gross i've lost muscle i'm ready for a calendar shoot i'm like shredded but it's like i'm not strong i've lost all my strength i have great endurance
2: so it was kind of crazy like seeing you in person Yeah. like after september yeah because you hadn't seen me correct but no 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 and then I went back and like looked at your like images that I took of you and edited like opening day. Yeah. It's insane the difference of like where you were and what like what September actually did to you. It's crazy.
1: It's like I'm going to a a camp like a pre-fight camp where you have to make weight. Yeah. Right. I'm not and I'm eating everything under the sun all yeah. of September but it's just too many miles Correct. a day. Yeah. And then you add packouts. It's
2: it's a, so anyways and w- you're 40 two.
1: two. Yeah, so yeah. rebuilding is what is on the priority at the beginning of our season. Our season isn't January 1. Our rebuild season is October through December. It's kind of a maintenance block that leads into some density to try to build back what we've lost. Once January 1 hits, we're full on strength and conditioning with a blend of power building, power lifting, Olympic weightlifting, and the basics like push, pull, squat, hinge. Once the spring starts rolling around, we we'll call that March, April, We're going to add intervals that are going to be in addition to your daily work that are going to help build that engine. Huge believer in threshold work to build up that work capacity. Once we get through the spring, then it's starting to hit the crunch time of that June, July, August, where you will see a backpack integrated weekly, mostly rest and recovery or active recovery days. I'm not a huge proponent of backpack training specifically for elk hunting, and I'm going to dive into that per someone's message. Don't let me forget that. Um, But the seasonality is to build us up for our Super Bowl, our Super Bulls, Bulls, Elks. And that is September 1 is to show up in the best possible shape with a purpose for every pound on our body with a well-balanced fitness portfolio that does all the things we need and has um, a protection, a hedge of protection for injury and overuse. Okay. That's through intelligent seasonality periodization training, which is what we are trying to do here at Elk Shape Training. That is your limitless track. Now, we paralleled the limitless track with a hustle track because we want to have more users that can do the work and do the template. Explain that part, and then I'll come back to the backpacking question.
2: Yeah, the hustle track is pretty simple. Grunt work, body weight, very limited access to equipment. We understand that not everyone has a full access to a gym, even though it's it's pretty easy to get full access to a gym. But you know, if that's you... We got you hustle track. We take literally the same exact work and, um, work capacity that is going to be happening on the limitless track. And we just take out some of those equipment. For example, you know, for example, Dan will program, let's say snatches on the barbell single arm dumbbell snatches is something that will be, you know, subtracted out of the limitless and into the hustle track. You know, everyone has access to dumbbells. If you don't, you can go to Walmart, buy them for less than 50 bucks, get a few sets. Um, you know, weights are expensive, but you can get a pair of dumbbells. They're on Marketplace, things like that. Yeah, that's pretty much what our goal is, is just simply still having your still giving you the confidence that you can still get into extremely good elk hunting shape with just body weight.
1: Amen to that. And I would argue some of those... Hustle track workouts are more daunting. Like you hold the dumbbell for a whole hour doing all these sorts of things or a sandbag. That grunt work component builds that character. That tenacity. Om- it's tenacious in yeah. nature that will lend itself into the mountains, which is my segue into this gentleman's question. Let me pull it up right here. Jeffrey, I got this last night and it says, Hey, what's his name? Austin doll at Austin D seven, on Instagram hey, I was wondering if you could answer something for me, possibly in a podcast or whatever.
2: What do you know? There you go, Austin. Asking you shall receive.
1: How is it possible to go to three or so CrossFit-style classes a week, do a metabolic conditioning piece for 10 to 18 minutes, then lift weights for maybe 10 to 12 minutes at high intensity, and you're able to hike for days? Question mark. The small the small amount of time under stress doesn't seem like it should add up to longevity and hiking. It's not mathing out for me. Ha ha. Thanks for what you're doing for me and the hunting community. And I said, excellent question. I'll save this for the pod. Here we go. Austin. Boom. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dip into my exercise physiology roots where I used to know a lot of cool stuff about biochem and I forgot a lot of it because I've been out of college. Um but for a long time. I think I got my master's when I was twenty-four four. So I'm, that's Good a long, for you. That's 18 years ago. And all Old that, man. all that taught me is that the more you learn at higher level education, the more you realize you don't know shit. And I still feel that way. Like I'm still learning about elk hunting. I'm still learning about exercise physiology. So I just don't feel like a subject matter expert is what I'm trying to say. So I'll try to dumb this down to this. I heard a guy lecture one time about the big, like the black box theory. And, and it, it's, it resonated with me where you put certain information or data points in the black box and let other people worry about what's going on inside the black box, but focus on what comes out of the black box as a results. So what I have found,
2: shout out Greg, the what up, big G <laughs> come
1: back, come back as CEO. Uh, so what I have found in my experimentation on myself is that yes, higher intensity bouts. And I don't even want to say zone four, But for some people, that will make more sense. But I spend a lot of time in zone four at a heart rate doing workouts that are short in duration, super functional movements found in nature. They're organic. Um, Man didn't invent them. So there's no leg extension machine involved. There's no leg press machine involved. It's a lot of body weight and barbell and dumbbell and kettlebell and sandbag and D-ball type stuff. And there's no rest. And I'm going... I am staying just under the threshold, um, to where I can keep moving, but barely trying to manage my breath work, keep my heart rate down and do the accomplished task. Okay. And those, those workouts can range from three minutes to hell 40 minutes, right? Those kind of workouts have yielded the kind of results that I'm looking for to where I'm not overusing. I'm not doing like I'm not running every day, grinding and pounding my joints down. That's kind of monotonous for some people. Um, The variation in the workouts is constantly stimulating. I'm excited to do them. Rarely do I repeat a workout ever. And so I'm kind of just fighting my way through this workout. And then when September rolls around, I think it would be a mistake not to have some rucking under your belt, sure. But the majority of my training is done inside the four walls of a gym doing basically CrossFit style metabolic conditioning pieces with a blurred distinction of bodybuilding powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting there is a difference doing all those types of movements and checking those boxes plus a buttload of injury prevention prehab work for shoulders and hips which are your ball and socket joints and trying to make sure that I have the greatest internet connection from my brain to my glutes and from my brain to my midline which is what we all need And that to me has yielded a a capacity, a work capacity that is able to do almost any and all eventualities. A good example is my wife. She's at, at age 36. She does four or five bouts of functional fitness, never running more than 400 meters in a workout, signs up for the Spartan Beast in Montana, which is one of the more difficult ones. It's a half marathon with 30 obstacles and gets first place in her age division without doing any running
2: i think she said before that event she had ran like a half mile
1: maybe and that was because it was in a metcon it wasn't like i'm gonna go run a half mile so i would argue that you'll get more dividends towards your weakness profile by doing these constantly varied functional movements at high intensity than you would be doing like hopping on could you imagine me programming for you jeff all right buddy there's snow in the mountains. We can't hike today. So I'm going to have you on the con. I talk like this, a concept to fan bike. You're going to have your heart rate at 120 for one hour. Watch a, watch a YouTube video while you pedal. Like, yeah, that's going to build your zone too, but I think it's overhyped, you know, and also think about the seasonality of what I do, Jeff, I bear hunt April 15 to June 30th as much as possible. I'm crossing canyons. I have a backpack on. I'm getting a ton of rucking. And then in the summer, it rolls around. I do a handful of scouting trips because I live out west. In that backpack is water, food, and um, too many trail cameras to count. Plus, I'm just trying to cover country. So I get all, all this additional work with my lifestyle. If I didn't have bear hunting, if I didn't have the mountains nearby to spend time in on my rest days, recovery days, or taking scouting trips, I probably would ruck a little more. Mm -hmm. but not to the level I think some people think they need to. And that might be controversial, but that is what works for me. And I'm not saying what works for me works for everybody. Let's hear your thoughts.
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's a question I've asked myself before. Um, And this is what I'm about to share is just my personal testimony to the subject matter. I was doing CrossFit you know i've been doing crossfit since 2011 2010 somewhere in there um on and off you know uh, i was a college baseball player this that the other thing last or about two years ago i had shoulder surgery um, and i was pretty bummed about it for a while and i couldn't do the crossfit methodology that i know well So out of desperation and uh, competition, I signed up for a ultramarathon and a ultramarathon bike. They were both 50Ks. They were both in the month of August. And I was like, man, since I have a bum shoulder, I can't get ready for elk season the way I know. I'm going to do these races and I will be able to train for that. So I hiked or sorry, I jogged a lot. I biked a lot you know, I did a lot of very specific endurance type training. And I'll be honest, when um, I I mean, so I did that bike four days, actually, before I met, or I hunted with you, Dan, for the first time. Um, and it was the first time that I had really put on any type of heavy pack in a long long time just because again four days before that was my bike race so i was really preparing for my bike race and i'll be honest with you i did not have the strength that i usually do and i was feeling it um i was feeling it on my low back i was feeling on it, our little quick a, yeah correct that was
1: that was as hard as elk hunting as a guy could do almost what i we agree yeah just effort like that to like say that we did an quick. Like, that was not an average person days of hunting right we, those were dark darks and we were covering insane amount I know one day I logged in was 15.4 miles yep and that's just because we were in open country
2: yeah you yeah. know really big area but anyway there was definitely times I got back to the truck where my low back and my hammies were shot and I don't remember that being the case in the years in the year prior and I do testify test that too I was squatting less. I was doing CrossFit based stuff less um, and I had less strength in that capacity. I had more endurance, but I had less strength. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, in my opinion, the answer to Austin's question is you need both. You need strength and endurance. So I would be curious to what Austin's follow up is like, what is it? What is his um, opinion on what is substituting? the three days a week, three to four days a week of, you know, CrossFit-based high-intensity interval training, but, like, you need both to be a true backcountry hunter. You need strength and you need endurance, so you need a mix of the two. So, constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity will give you both of those things. It's not going to be a peak performance, right? That's the beauty of fitness. It's a well-rounded average, You are fit, or sorry, you have endurance to a capacity, and you have strength to a capacity. One, it's very, it's higher end. So you have strength in one capacity, and you have endurance in one capacity, and they are even, right? A lot of guys have insane endurance, but the second they throw on an 80-pound pack, they get buried. Vice versa. You get a really strong dude, but... He has no endurance. He, I mean, dude, I was, I did this as a guide all the time. Really thick, over, not overweight, but really thick guy. You can tell, you know. He kind of fluffed the numbers when he told me how much he was training per week for this hunt, and he can carry all of the weight in the world. But the second we went up four switchback, he was completely gassed. Mm-hmm. So that's to me what constantly varied functional movement executed at high intensity will give you. It will give you both. It will give you endurance to a te- to a degree, and it will give you your strength to a degree.
1: I would just encourage Austin to be honest with himself and identify his chinks in his armor and bump those in the top of the list. As far as prioritization of his, of his training methodology. You know, I, I always think of five and five and I'm not one of these people. Although I think I was close to one of these people in my peak when I was competing at CrossFit, but five Mm -hmm. and five is, can you run a five minute mile? And can you deadlift 500 pounds? Those are completely
2: opposite worlds. That is actually one of my 2024 goals. That's a
1: hell of a goal. You just advertised it. Um, (laughs) Like right now, I bet I could run a low six and then I would be dead for the rest of the day if I had to do a one mile all out sprint. And then the most I've ever deadlifted is 475. And just yesterday I was doing, I think four sets of four at 315 without a belt. And I was just, You know, I've had a back injury at one point, Mm -hmm. so I've always a little bit scared of deadlifting now. Um, And yesterday was a huge breakthrough day for me because, like, I didn't wear a belt. I don't like belts, to be honest with you. And it felt good to just pull three wheels and really good form. So, but that's not a goal for me is to deadlift 500 pounds. I don't feel like that's necessary. I think I should be able to walk up to four plates, 405 and pull that any day of the week. Like that's a, that's kind of like a benchmark for me. And then I would love to run, always be able to run a sub seven minute mile at any time. And I'll give an example of me not training for Cam Haynes. So I knew I was going on Cameron Haynes' podcast last summer and I knew I had a week to prepare. And in that week, all I did is I made sure that I did, I grabbed a hundred pound sandbag and did the closest hill over here with my family. And that was miserable. And I'm glad <laughs> I did it because I didn't ever put the, the, it down and it was miserable. And then I did, I think I did a 12 mile trail run one other time. And I just wanted to get some sort of running in bout yeah, under the belt. There, before. There's
2: no really training for because the year Cam before A's. I went
1: to cams to have him on my pod. And he ran me 22 miles mm-hmm. and I about died. <laughs> and so this year I want to say like, so I didn't have time to train for cam and we don't train similar, right? Like he definitely runs every day. He's an amazing world-class runner. Uh, he'll do a lot of rock and rocking up Pisgah. And then he also does a lot of, I don't know what he's doing at this very moment, but I'm saying generally speaking, he does a lot of like just kind of bro sessions in the gym with um, hypertrophy yeah. basically. Just making muscle bellies big. So I figured, let's see where we're at. Well, the first day, he extended my trip by an extra day. The first day, we did 11 miles, and it was like 7,000 vertical in 11 miles. And it was awesome. But to be honest with you, Jeff, we didn't have backpacks on. Yeah. And he would literally wait for me at almost every switchback because he was just faster at hiking. That was okay, but the dude can hike. And... The very next day we did the, he has this really heavy sandbag in the back of his truck. I put that on and I did the mile and a half thousand foot gain up Pisca, And then we did kind of like I was talking about, like a hypertrophy bench press bicep curl type workout. And that's what he does to prepare for hunting. And it seems to be working well for him. But the point of all that was, is that I was able to do his stuff and do pretty good. And that's what I want my fitness to be at for what you're talking about, this well-rounded we believe in GPP, yeah. general physical preparedness to where you can do anyone's workout, maybe not win it, but you can do well enough to have a respectful finish. And that's GPP where our specialty is not specializing. It's still another word, another coin phrase from Glassman. It's like, right. I love when he says that. Cause I, that elk hunting requires so many different facets of fitness that if you do have a specialty, it could hurt you. I would try to...
2: It will expose you.
1: Have a well-rounded fitness portfolio and minimize your chinks. And that's what we're trying to do at Oak Shaped Training.
2: I would really be curious um, to asking Cam, what do you think his fitness would look like if he didn't lift as much as he does? If he just simply was a runner and he didn't do... I can tell
1: you, he did do that for a while. I've known him a long time. So I remember when he did his first hundred mile or Western States. And if you go back and find those pictures, he probably weighed under 150 pounds. Um, yeah. And to, to where he's built his body up now in his mid fifties, where he does not look like your average 50, like he is very lean Yeah, yet not fragile at all. In fact, almost hard to tell that he's a runner, which I like that he has mitigated that a propensity to just be, you know, no power output, all endurance. And then if it's time to pick up an elk quarter, he might hurt his back. That's not him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's, he's found his way to be well-rounded for where he's at. And that's what we want for everyone. I think ultimately. Definitely. Okay. Well, let's finish this pod with maybe a teaser on the next one, but we're not doing today. I can only do one podcast a day. Texas recap. Texas recap. So we have the video right now. It's live on our YouTube channel. Episode one. And I like episode two way
2: better. Me too. <laughs> but episode
1: one is necessary. We went down to Texas. Good friend of mine, Cody. He I've known him for several years. I've watched him go from an elk virgin to I think he killed two bulls with a bow this year, uh, all just on his own, self guided. Uh, his buddy Travis, who you met, just some I've just we've connected at a couple tacks. They've been to a couple of my elk shape camps. I've watched them just become really good elk hunters. It's been cool, and they're Texas boys. And I love going down to Texas cuz it's a different culture.
2: Yeah, it's something we don't know. You know, it's a game that we don't play. And I think getting familiar with a different form of hunting will only sharpen our our knives for our craft.
1: Mm, well said. Yeah. But what an incredible it was our first hunt like real full dedicated hunt where I had you, you had me, we were going we're out to test several broadheads. So I'll give you guys a teaser. Go watch the video, please. Jeff edited it. It's his first YouTube edit for me, and I'm really pleased with it. We used on that video, we used an iron Will single bevel, which we know a lot about. And then we used a schwacker, which I knew nothing about. And then we used a sever 175, which I don't think I knew anything about. So that was cool. And then I'll tease episode two, which will drop Thursday. That video was, I think this is the place to talk about it be quite honest. His name's Josh Bomar. Yep. I have met him once. I did a workout with him once. This was like 2010,
2: 2011 ATA, okay? <laughs> so crazy how, f- how far 2010 seems and it wasn't that far.
1: So, long I do a workout with him and I'm hosting the workout at ATA at a CrossFit gym and I'm making it a hard CrossFit workout and Josh I don't know what he looks like nowadays. He looks pretty jacked to me. He wins Arnold classics and <laughs> men's. The dude is a Viking. He is a, and people will be like, oh, he takes steroids. And I don't know what he takes or doesn't take, and I don't care. He's a physical specimen, and he did college track. So I think he was a thrower or a decathlete. Like he just looks like he was built for, like he's not short, and he's well-built, and he looks like he's there to dominate. My observations is that guy is built different. Definitely different than me. So that's all. That's the only time I've ever talked to Josh in real life. I don't know Josh very well, but I get a direct message from him. It might have been my first direct message from him. It was straight out
2: of left field. Like, I remember you read it, like, oh.
1: And he's like, I see you're in Texas. Is there any way you, what are you hunting? And I told him, We're hunting everything, like javelina, pigs. Uh, white tailed does, white tail bucks. There's mountain lions. If there's mountain lions, and he's like, great. Would you want to try my beast broadhead, which I had known he came out with one, but I hadn't seen one or whatever. There's a million broadheads out there. I was like, I was like, yeah. I mean, if you want, but like, we're only here for like three or four more days. And he's like, great. I'll, give me the address. I'll overnight it. And I was like, okay. Well, he did. FedEx showed up the next day with the beast broadheads in 125 grain, and we put those on. And we put them to work. And
2: so that's going to be... With the careful gloves that were sent because they're so freaking sharp.
1: To the Beast's credit, those are the sharpest broadheads I've ever touched. And that's saying something. Ever. Like, it was scary sharp. And he's got his cryogenic process where they have it at negative 90 degrees, some German sharpening technique. It's sick. And then he... Do you remember? Like He's like, Okay, I need to hop on the phone with you and go over these. And I was like... Okay. And it was late and dinner was ready. Yep. And I was like, let's just film real quick. He talked to me for like, I don't know how long.
2: At least 30 minutes.
1: And I said six words, I think. Four. Okay. <laughs> but he just had a lot of energy and he told me all about his broadheads, which I really appreciated. I felt like, okay, I'm glad he called. I have a, an understanding of how his broadheads are built and let's put them to work. And so that'll be episode two. We'll be utilizing that broadhead. Um, I don't work with Josh at any capacity. It was just him honestly being a super nice guy and sending that our way. And I wanted to thank him publicly and say, thanks, man. Those broadheads. Well, you guys just watch episode two and see for yourself. But um, all in all, the Texas, we'll do a whole pod on it and break it down for you guys. Because a lot of people are going to want to have, like, they're going to have questions as far as like, how can I do what you just did? Because that was awesome. And I agree. And I will say, I have never left somewhere Feeling so confident in my shot process and and being in front of real animals, it's way different than my backyard 3D targets, man. And
2: it's also in December and January. Yeah. Like, you know, we went there in December, but it's when we wouldn't usually be able to get these reps. No. We were able to go down south, get away from the cold. You know, western slope. And get down to sunny and seventy-five South Texas. I got a sunburn on my forearm, and uh, almost got eaten by a few rattlesnakes. Hey, um, don't share it all. They gotta watch the video. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I was trying to say is, in December when you usually would be able to get reps, you're able to get reps at a lot of different opportunities. So mm-hmm. get down, shoot your bow, go go to Hawaii, make a you know vacation out of it with your family. Your you know, wife and kids are playing on the beach. You're getting reps at Axis Deer. You know, Texas is amazing. Um, I know Arizona has a lot of December um, OTC deer tags, right?
1: Yeah, a lot of guys are there right now. i got a friend who just texted me. I'm down, heading down to Arizona. I've to honestly watch-
2: always wanted to do one of those. Coos Deer. There's mealies down there. Mm-hmm. Just some great December or late season opportunities for you to stay sharp. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, we yakked at you guys long enough. Takeaways from this pod. Jeff, final thoughts. I'll go first. You go last, so don't disappoint. Find your weaknesses. Put them at the top of your list. Tackle them. Use the SMART acronym mentioned in the beginning of this podcast to identify what it is you're setting out to do. And then construct a game plan that works you up to the big goal with several checkpoints along the way that are daily, weekly, monthly, and make 2024 the best year. I'm not saying new year, new me. I'm saying new year, new strategy. Appreciate your guys' support. Jeff.
2: Honestly, you took it. You took. You stole mine. I really liked that acronym. I am an optimistic person. I'm a high, like, oh, I want to go conquer the world. But I feel like a lot of times I struggle with, like, okay, what does that look like to attain day to day? Um, and so being able to dumb things down to the week, to the day, to maybe even the hour, to me is just like a recipe for success. You know, like, for let's just throw up an example. I'm like, okay, again, like I want to, I mean, one realistic goal that I have, I want to shoot an elk, a mule deer, and a bear in every single state in the West with my bow. Wow, that's yeah. cool um and you know that's a huge goal that's going to take probably more than a decade Um, but i need to start putting in the reps now putting in the you know the calculated effort now to just keep working my way to that goal Mm. um and i think with the smart um analogy and as well as just like yeah just making hourly daily weekly monthly yearly Goals in f- inside of my big goal is the way to do it. Mm. All right, guys. Hopefully we got the fitness juices flowing. This is the Oak State
1: Podcast. Don't forget Wyoming application is open. They set aside over 3,000 elk tags for non-residents. They did things differently this year. There's zones. You're going to have to do some homework. Um, good resources would be use your OnX. they actually if you're an elite member you can dig in and do some of the odds studying the top rut odds and they're built a better platform for that so check that out and do your research do your homework don't just go don't be that guy who you know misses opportunities i don't want to spell them out because you guys are my competition for getting some over these over-the-counter tags but i also am mature enough to say that uh, my success will not get in the way of yours and vice versa because I want you to have success. I really want you to live the best life. I want you to lead from the front. I want you to uh, basically do what we try to preach which is identify your your list of priorities. Ours being faith, then family, then fitness, then hunting, then career. And you need to figure out what your order operation is and put that in your plan. Nothing but love for you guys. Separations and the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one.
2: Be limitless. Check out Elkship Training.